Jane here with Jess Bowen on Babes Behind the Beats. I'm putting on my best radio voice. <laughs> wow. That was very impressive, Bowie. I You're just, always impressive. I just came out with that one. You did. Literally, I was looking down for a second and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, we're going. All right. Yeah. I was like, concentrate. <laughs> Time to do our jobs. <laughs> I'm so excited today, aren't you? Because we've got a female producer, music producer. Yes. Oh my God. I'm so excited about this because it's so few and far between to find female producers these days. When we're talking male producers, we're talking maybe like the Max Martins. Calvin and the, Harris. Cal- and like Phineas these days, who does like Billie Eilish's stuff, of course. and Skrillex, um, Zed. Yeah. Oh, oh, men. All men. And these are names that people are very, very familiar with. These are household names, I feel like, that people recognize. Yeah. And with females, recently I just read about Linda Perry is one of the only female names that I feel like is a huge household name that has recently done she, she's Grammy nominated but she's the isn't she like the first female female to be nominated for a Grammy because actually since 1975 there's we were just looking this up because we're like what the hell why do we not know any female producers and oh my gosh no female has won a Grammy in the producer category since 1975 which is when the Grammys Began, I insane. Guess. Yeah, so which is insane and what the hell. But Linda Perry is the only female to be nominated, I right. believe, who's not an artist. Who's not an artist. Well, well she is an is artist, but, but like on that solely album. working on other people's albums, basically. Exactly. Like, for instance, she got nominated for Dolly Parton's, uh, one of like her soundtracks, and then a, like a new Natasha Bedingfield album. Yeah. Um, which, of course, I'm sure she was also like co-writing, but I mean, like she is the producer for those albums. Yeah, and when we're talking producer, we mean like, when you go into a studio and the guy's sitting behind the desk and then he's producing all the stuff afterwards, obviously a lot of artists will have the producer title, but they're probably just saying, can you take that sound out? Can you take that sound out? Pop that sound in. So we then were like, well, hang on a sec, what the hell? And you won't believe it, there's a top 100 billboard producer charts. There in 2020, there's not one female producer in Not it. one. It's freaking shocking. That is crazy to me. Yeah. And, and I would like to, you know, today talking to our guest, who is an amazing female producer, I'm so happy that we have her on because yeah. like you said, it's so exciting to have our first female producer. I would like to ask why she thinks that it's mostly men dominating that industry. Yeah. And I was just thinking, like in the DJ world I think there's a few female producers but and I think it lends itself to the fact that they're on tech gear and there aren't that many female DJs and if you're a female DJ you probably do a bit of the production yourself because you're making your own tracks right but I think that's more more DJ. in the DJ world yeah. I feel like that would make more sense for DJs to be creating their own tracks I yeah. think that seems more fitting for that world exactly yeah so yeah and there are quite a few but honestly they're not household names so today we have SJ Jones who is a producer And she's worked with some huge names. Like, we're super excited to chat with her. And, yeah, I want to know her take on all of this. Yeah, I can't wait to ask her about this. She's worked with some big names. She's worked with Cruella. She's worked with Justin Tranter. I mean, Justin Tranter has done Justin Bieber to Five Seconds of Summer these days. Huge names that she's been working with. So, yeah, I mean, can't wait to have her on. Our first female producer. Let's chat with her now. Yeah. 
All right, we are back and today we have a really exciting guest. We have SJ Jones, who is a top 40 rock producer and songwriter, has worked with top producers, songwriters and artists such as Cruella, Grey Days, Alien Am Farm, Head From Corn, Justin Trander, heaps more. She's known as the Charlie's Theron of Rock. Welcome, SJ. Hey, guys. I have no idea why the Charlie's Theron of of rock (laughs) is even a thing, but... Uh, weird but cool. I loved that when I saw that. I was like, yes. I don't. Is it because from South Africa and successful? I don't understand. Where did that come from? I don't understand either. <laughs> it just came up somewhere. It was, uh, it, it was a. I think the South African Times, which is kind of like the LA Times or the New York Times, wrote, wrote an article and and said that, which is really cool. I think Charlize is a freaking powerhouse. So oh, she's great. It's pretty I cool. Love, yeah, she's pretty fantastic. Yeah, so, I, guess, I guess that's what it is. You're the powerhouse as a female producer. Exactly. There aren't many female producers around. So well, actually, there are, but they're just not very well known, right? Totally. Yeah, we were discussing this earlier and we were reading some articles on it. Billboard Top 100 Producers, not one female listed in it. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, no female producers nominated for a, who have won a Grammy. I mean, Ex- what yeah, is going what, on with what, that? What do you think with your opinion as a female producer? Why do you think that is? Oh, it's a hard question, man. I think men know that once we get in there, we're pretty much taking over. So <laughs> <laughs> That's a great answer. Have you worked with a lot of female producers or do you find there isn't that many in comparison to men? Yeah, there isn't that many. I've probably worked with one or two. I feel that women are more on the songwriter side of things and maybe just haven't uh, dove into the production side. But um, but yeah, they're definitely out there. I mean, look at Missy Elliott. She's one of the greatest producers of our time. Does anyone know that she's producing her own stuff? No. No. That's a Crazy. great point. Yeah. Bowie and I were just researching this today, and I feel like, how did we not know this? Right now, obviously, Linda Perry, we looked this up. She just produced something for Dolly Parton. She did like, a Natasha Bedingfield album. Obviously, everyone knows who Linda Perry is, but totally. I wonder if people realize the producers don't get as much recognition as the artist in general. And so, yeah, I just find that interesting. And if you felt like that was happening in your world, if you knew why that was thing. I mean, I think it's the producer's place to take backseat and be transparent. You know, I, I don't think that the producer should necessarily be out there taking the limelight from the artist. You know, your job as the producer is to be a chameleon, you know, and really just transparent and give the artists what they need and and help them create their art. How did you find your way into the producing world then? Were you also an artist before that got into production or, or did you just find a love for production right off the start? Honestly, I was just so frustrated working with other producers. I'm a pretty uh, go-getter, motivated, uh, ambitious person and waiting around for months for songs that I'd written and the tracks just don't never get produced. I just got really frustrated with producers and how lazy people are in the music industry. And so I was just like, well, I'm going to learn how to do this myself. And basically just, I was in the studio with like Alex the Kid and J.R. Rodham and these huge producers. And I just kind of Googled over their, their shoulders and took took mental notes and just started putting what I'd learned in the studio into practice in my own songs, asking questions to the engineers. Why did you do that? I did this because X, Y, and Z. And then spending hours on YouTube and just purchasing a DAW and getting in and doing it. 
So what program did you start learning on? I started in Logic and I still yeah. I still use Logic. I was in the top 40 game um, in the beginning when I first got to the States. I'm now in more rock and metal. But I think a lot of the kind of hip hop top 40 producers are using Logic. So I organically just fell into using Logic because it was the the format that everybody was using. For someone who's teaching themselves, like for anyone listening, if they're wondering, hey, I'm frustrated as well. How do I teach myself? Obviously, there's heaps on YouTube now, so you can teach yourself pretty much everything from YouTube. Absolutely. It's like there's really no excuse. You do not have to go to school for this shit. Obviously, you have to have an instinct and a natural ear for music and music production and arrangement and sonic value of whether it be the kick drum, the snare, bass, whatever. But if you have a natural flair for music you just dive in and you there's no excuse for you not to be doing it and kids are I mean like my nephew is 13 he's in New York and you know he's making beats on his laptop with like no microphone just singing into the mic on his his laptop like there's no excuse to not learn if if you want to do it totally that is true there's so many different places that you can find how to do these things but also for you what was your first experience working in a studio then as a producer did you start like interning somewhere or just working with other artists in the studio or like how did that happen I've been in the music industry for so long almost 20 years now I played in a band in South Africa uh, many, many, many moons ago, and we had uh, four or five number one hits in South Africa. So I was in the studio, and and then I interned a little bit at a, a recording studio in South Africa because I really I wanted to learn audio engineering. Uh, so I mean, I guess I've kind of always dabbled and been interested in behind the board. So you went from being a professional musician to then being an intern, but you were so in love with it, you were prepared to do it. You were excited to have that opportunity, I imagine. It was actually the other way around. I went straight out of high school into an intern position with this guy. And then um, my band just did really well in South Africa. So I basically was full-time touring and got to share the stage with Fall Out Boy, Evanescence, Seether, uh, all sorts of really cool bands. So music and rock have been in my blood since before I can remember. Oh, wow. Um, so you've been producing for a long time then? Yeah. I mean, I guess even with my first records, I was writing the songs and putting the arrangements together. So without knowing, I guess it, there was some kind of production role in it. But now there's a definite line between what I'm doing now and how it was back in the day. Yeah, you're not the artist producer now, you're the producer. Totally. Although I am producing a an artist project <laughs> at the moment, my own artist project at the moment called We Are Pigs. It's really cool. I've been working on it for about three years in between working on a bunch of other projects. And uh, it features some some great friends of mine, Billy Corgan and Head from Corn. Oh, um, incredible. Yeah, I've got POD, Crazy Town. So it's going to be a really fun project. That's yeah. wow. Okay, that's amazing. Those are like huge huge names. So what are you doing with this project? It's 100% my project. I'm writing, producing, playing all the instrumentation, engineering it. I've got my partner in France mixing the project. I've really been in the industry for 
like I said earlier, for almost 20 years. And over those 20 years, I've developed really close relationships with my musical heroes. And I guess it, it was birthed out of my super frustration of the music that I've been working on. Like working in the top 40 industry really destroyed my soul. I come from a rock background. So my sense of melody and my production skills, they lend to top 40 stuff, but I just fucking hate it. <laughs> yeah. And why do you hate it? I mean, we know the dilemmas with the pop industry, but what's your take on it? You know, I, I guess I just didn't feel the same way about music now and top 40 music as, as the stuff that I had loved in the late 90s and early 2000s. You know, the bands that molded my life are like Deftones, Alanis Morissette, Incubus, Smashing Pumpkins, you know, all of these guys. And I just, I don't feel the same way about music anymore. And songs with guitars, you know. Yeah, songs with guitars, songs real with chords. In, real instruments being yeah, played. Yeah, right. <laughs> Remember the guitar. It's really cool. And, and I appreciate music and there is a time and a place for it. And this is just for me. Other people can have a completely different opinion and I'm totally okay with that. And it's their right to, to love something that I don't, you know. A different era. And I think music just yeah it evolves it goes back and we're going back to the 90s it seems or something this project i uh, i launched it during the pandemic in may during this lockdown and i launched it with a cover of slipknot's duality oh, uh, cool. which is which is doing really great it has almost 150 play 150,000 spins on spotify already wow um, yeah it's been crazy at the reception to it has been really cool so i'm i'm excited for people to hear the original stuff and it's kind Kind of, I guess I would call this project like trap metal. It's all the elements of metal and new metal and rock that I love, just with a little bit more current beat underneath it. Yeah, so it's been really cool. And I've reached out to a couple of my friends. I think the next single is going to be with the POD guys. I'm a huge fan of them. I grew up in uh, in a very culty church situation. So... POD was one of the only bands I was allowed to listen to because I would go to hell if I'd listened to anything oh. else. Oh, wow. <laughs> so uh, it was just, it's really cool, you know, how everything comes around. And these guys are, are great friends of mine now and doing songs. And I reached out to to Billy Corgan and, and sent him uh, stuff and said, are you are you feeling any of this? And he was like, oh, man, I, I love this. Can I jump on X song? Oh, so wow. It's, it's been very overwhelming and humbling and heartwarming and just very exciting to see. I think I'm so connected to that early 2000s sound that I'm sonically touching something for all of these people too and why they're jumping on these tracks because they they really love them so it's it's cool can I ask a question because I I am a drummer and I would like to know are you also playing drums on the albums or do you have someone that's coming in and doing that I know that you've been working with Frank Zumo on some stuff right I have Frank is a beast I love Frank so Frank is from Sum 41 for our listeners who might recognize the name so he plays with Sum 41 are you using him for your drums or like what are you doing as far as drums go for this album? Frank will definitely be on a song. Uh, not all of the songs need live drums. So for the songs that do need live drums, I'm just basically hitting up uh, drummers that I, I love. Like, for example, the drummer from Deftones, Matt oh. Sorum from Guns N' Roses. Yes. Um, just kind of reaching out to friends that are drummers and saying like, hey, will you jump on this as a friend favor? You 
know, so this whole project, the reason why it's taking so long is that it's a labor of love and it's done in, in everybody's time. Yeah. They're just doing it as a favor and for fun. Oh, so exciting. I can't wait to hear this. I know. I'm so excited. Like all these names that you've been saying, I'm like, oh my God, I cannot wait. And I'm just going to, after we're done with this podcast, I'm going to beg you to let me play on one of your tracks then too. So totally. uh, I can be like, hey. <laughs> I'm on this with all these names as well. Like, it's very cool. I kind of want to take it back a little bit right now to the very beginning when you were growing up in South Africa. How did you get your start into music? Did you have like parents that loved music or were in music or like, how did you find your love for it at first? I come from a pretty musical family. My grandmother was an opera singer. So I remember clearly just everybody sitting around the piano and singing from when we were tiny creatures you know so so that was cool and then you know as much as i dislike the church the church really gave me t- and taught me everything that i know about music so um, you grew up very religious going to church all yeah, the time yeah. yeah and it was like happy clappy church so the worship was like a full rock band insane sound system lights freaking like drums bass guitar like full in ears you know it was like Wow. Did you perform with them singing or anything like that? Yeah. I was leading worship in front of thousands of people by the time I was 12 years old. Oh, wow. Impressive. So uh, it's it's all about that Jesus life, you know? Obviously, you you already got used to being front and center on the stage then if you're performing at 12 years old for thousands of people. Yeah, totally. I mean, it it was a a wonderful start. And uh, I actually started on drums and then got into songwriting and needed something else to write on. So got into guitar. The thing I like about the piano is that it's very visual. The guitar, it's like you can't see visually see the chords you know where where on the piano you can see the triads and the notes that you're creating so it's when you get into production you naturally fall into using midi keyboards and so i can play i just can't right right yeah using the midi got it So SJ, I'm sorry I'm taking this all over the place right now. We just got back to talking about how you started and all that. But I'm also really interested to talk about you had been producing right before he passed. Chester Bennington has a project called Gray Days. How did you get involved with that? And can you tell us a little bit more about this project? It's so crazy. Every single time I hear somebody say that, I'm like, wait, what? I did this? It's, it's just mind-blowing that, that I'm anywhere near this project. So Gray Days was Chester's very first band that he was in in high school. And probably my timeline might be a little bit off, but about a year or two before he passed, he got the band back together and he was like, let's do a record and let's start doing some live shows. And then obviously what happened happened. Very tragic loss to friends, family, the world. And so that project got put on hold for uh, probably a year. Uh, And then I was out in LA meeting my now manager, Renee Mata at NRG Recording Studios. And anybody that's interested should should go check out the website of NRG Recording Studios because every record that you loved from like the late 90s to now was recorded there. It's like all the Linkin Park records, Three Doors Down, No Doubt, Disturbed, Incubus, uh, Huberstank, like they were, they were all recorded there. Wow. So, wow. 
I had a potential management meeting and while I was waiting in the in the lounge, the guys were like, oh, can we hear some stuff? So while I was waiting in the lounge, some of the guys were like, can we hear some of the stuff that you've been working on? And yeah. I, at that time, I was just producing the Alien Ant Farm record. So I played them the Alien Ant Farm stuff and, and Sean, who's the drummer from Grey Days, was like, oh my gosh, I, I love this. Could we give you Pro Tools session of these reels and would you like to give it a go? And I was like, whoa, really? This is awesome. So I did the first song. They loved it. It was just a great collaboration back and forth with the band. And I ended up producing five songs on the record with, uh, with my partner. Partner Lucas, who's in France. So that was insane because having those isolated chest of vocals from when he was 19 years old is just the most haunting, intimate, sonic delight that it's a pure joy and a treat. And I'm very grateful to be a part of that. And it's just, it's wonderful the, the trust and the relationships that have been built. And I met the Corn guys through the Grey Days project and Head and I have become fairly good friends and, and he's collaborating with me on on one of my pig songs. So even through this tragedy, Chester continues to bring joy and connectivity to the world. It's It really is so great. That's incredible. That is really, really cool. And, and the album's doing really well. It's always very nerve wracking, especially when it's someone like Chester Bennington. You know, he is probably the most famous rock person in the world. You know how his fans feel about music. So reinventing these versions of these songs were a little bit, you know, you really are putting yourself out there but the fans have responded really well and there's been nothing but positivity and I think everybody knows that this record was done from a place of purity and really good intentions so it's super special if you haven't heard it go out and and listen to the new Grey Days record on iTunes or Spotify yeah it, it really is magical to hear his voice yeah oh definitely I mean I still get chills you know whenever I hear on the radio if any Linkin Park songs come on or anything it's definitely get the chills so I'm sure for you working on that project was I'm sure you felt those same feelings you know at times so unreal like honestly I just I used to sit in my studio and just almost meditate on his vocal for five or six hours before even laying down the first piece of music you know just trying to channel this 19 year old Chester energy it, yeah it, it really it really was a supreme experience so special to be able to work on that yeah that's that's so great so SJ, obviously things are crazy in the world. Things are being shut down and people are trying to do things that they haven't done before. I don't know if this is something that you've done before or if this came up because of quarantine and, and starting something, you know, Bowie and I started this podcast because of quarantine. But uh, you've done something called Live from the Coop, which is where I think you chat to like chickens. <laughs> <laughs> Really? That's great. This is a true statement. You're like performing, right? Totally. Yeah. 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 So tell us more about this. Obviously, I go. The intro was like, you're chatting with chickens. No, that's not what's actually happening. You're you're performing, which is amazing. I want to just know how this came up, like how this started. Well, I was working with an artist in Arizona. It's actually the guitar player from Grey Days. Um, he's a f- incredibly talented singer, songwriter. He's kind of got like a super Smashing Pumpkins vibe. So it's right up my my alley. So I was in Arizona and <laughs> at about three o'clock in the morning, we discovered two stray chicks on the pavement, like these little babies being attacked by a cat. So his wife scooped them up into a box and saved them. And as you do, you put them in a wine box and you drive them home across, across the border. Oh. 
don't tell anybody. <laughs> so randomly ended up with two chickens and we've spoken about having chickens before. I just didn't realize it's kind of like falling pregnant, you know, you're just like, oh shit. <laughs> So well, what are we gonna do? So we just uh, we just decided to uh, to dive head first and built this chicken mansion. We now have eleven. You have oh. eleven chickens now. Eleven chickens. Yeah. Unfortunately, we can't have roosters, and one of them has turned into a roo. So uh, he is off to freezer camp today. Unfortunately. Oh, oh no. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's quite it's quite devastating. I'm trying to make light of it, but yeah, yeah. Oh, we did, even though we had. A chicken sandwich today. <laughs> oh no! I've definitely become. I do. I no longer eat chicken after having these incredible friends. Like their empathy, uh, they are so intelligent. When I talk to them, they listen attentively. They are just incredible. So I think the world is so dark right now, and I just thought I had an itch to play again, and and I thought maybe this might bring a little bit of joy to people out there to learn a little bit about chickens because I'm learning so much about them. They are are such cool pets and such cool animals. They are actually the closest living relative to the dinosaur. How cool is that? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> wow. Oh my I God. know. Should I have known that? I should have known that probably. I don't know how I didn't the know that. The things you learn on this podcast. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's going to learn that. Yeah. So I have all these little raptors running around, which is so cool. So yeah, just uh, drop some chicken facts and then drop a tune. It's oh, uh, it's been it's been fun. I just do do some covers of talk about uh, songs that have been really influential in my life and songs that I love. So thus far, I did a cover of Deftones' "Change." Did a song by the Smiths. Uh, did what did I do last week? Oh, corn Alanis mashup. Oh, you did um, oh, love Alanis. I'm gonna <laughs> yeah, have to that for sure. Yeah. yeah, it's it's super dope actually. Um, it turned oh. out really well. And then this week I have an extra special guest. It's my good friend Pam Shane who wrote Genie in a Bottle. So, <gasps> oh wow! No so, way. Yeah, so we're dropping uh, this Friday. It'll be Genie in a, in a Bottle live from the coop. Oh my god! Okay, everyone, we're directing you to go watch that. I'm going to be patiently waiting for that. Yes, uh, everyone go out. check it out for sure. When this airs, that'll already be out. So everyone go listen to that mashup. Yeah. <laughs> go go check out Live from the Coop. Uh, live from at, the Coop. On YouTube. I think it's one word, Live from the Coop. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Oh, that's so great. That's so cool. I'm not into meditating. It doesn't suit my personality. The moment I go quiet, these crazy monsters in my head just get really loud. So this is <laughs> this is uh this is a it's it's kind of a way of meditation. I wake up at like six in the morning, I go out there and have coffee and hang with them and it's just so calming and I think it's been really cool because this time has really and I'm sure maybe it's been the same for you guys, but like it's really reset what I want out of life. Like yeah. they were really important for me it used to be just just all of a sudden overnight just became completely unimportant yeah. you know I was so just different. like it was just like in the state of the world it's we all out there like hustling for money and fame and social media success and I'm just like how stupid is this yeah right? just being able to to be comfortable with yourself and be happy to have this inner peace just so many things have changed in my life about what I want and yes like anybody who has a, a natural uh, feel towards wanting to perform and be a traveling Wilbury you know it, it's still going to be there but maybe the goal pivots 
you know, it's been a really interesting time to change your focus and, and really focus on your loved ones. You know, like my partner said to me, she was like, you know, it's you're always out there chasing these connections and you know that on your deathbed or, you know, if you get cancer, none of these people are going to be with you. You know, yeah, it's going to be me. Good. It's going to be me. So it's been a good life change for me. I also stopped drinking alcohol and basically vegan. So I'm everything that I hate. (laughs) (laughs) You've turned into. I turned into everything I hate. It's been a a good change for what I needed to have sharp senses right now with this pigs project. I mean, that's kind of what I'm focusing on. I said to my management, I'm not doing any more production sessions, no more writing sessions. I'm 100% focused on getting this pigs project out and finished with these features. I've reached out to Skin from Skunk Nancy. I don't know if you guys are are familiar with her. She's incredible. Reached out to Shirley Manson from Garbage. Um, I love her. Hit up uh, Alanis Morissette to to hopefully. So, you know, I I think it would be really cool if, if this project being produced, engineered, written, all instrumentation by a woman. We just have these freaking powerhouse women on the track, but it doesn't feel feminine at all. I guess there is a femininity to it, but it's definitely really heavy. That is so cool. I cannot wait for this project to come out. Me neither. I'm just going to be trying to be patient about this, but you know, I'm just going to be over here like (laughs) fiddling my thumbs, just waiting. Like SJ, I'm just going to start messaging you. Hey SJ, so when you got a new track done yet? (laughs) I think you'll really like it. I think I'm going to love it. So cannot wait to hear this. Some of our listeners would be devastated if I did not ask you what your setup is gear-wise at home when you're recording or producing, what's your setup, preferred mics and everything. I am a 100% a modern day producer. There are absolutely no rules when it comes to producing in this modern day and age. I'm a big fan of Stephen Slate. I have everything Slate from the mic to all of his plugins. Um, hey, Stephen, if you're listening, I'm still waiting for my Raven buddy. You can send it over anytime. Hey, Raven. Um, I have Genelec monitors. I have KRK Rocket 5s, which I love just because when I have a client in the room, they're super bassy, so they give a, a good vibe. Yeah, so that's pretty much about it. I run everything off of a Mac and I use Universal Audio for my interface. I really like it. It's good. Although I will be uh, changing to the Slate interface, which is freaking phenomenal. Awesome. Well, I feel like I'm going to pretend like I know what all of that stuff is because I'm only a drummer. No, but seriously, that's great. I know there's a lot of people that want to hear what you're using, all the people that are producing, all the gear techs, people that are yeah, they want to know that stuff. They definitely want to know. I get nerdy about people's drums they yeah. use and stuff, and other people are like, "What are they saying? What the f- Zil- yeah. what's Zildjian? What's Sabian? What's that?" It's like everyone has their own kind of lingo. It's your own world, right? Now we're actually going to test, because you seem to know a lot about all that gear, we're going to test your knowledge in a quiz. No! Ah, it's going to be so hard. Alice is going to go, this has nothing to do with gear. Yes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> correct. This will not test gear knowledge, so do not worry about it. <laughs> all right. Uh, I guess I will ask question number one, SJ. Dogs or cats? Dogs. <laughs> Yes. Oh, lucky. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> I have two amazing French bulldogs. Oh, 
oh I my love God. Frenchies. They are so cute. The names oh. are Panda and Little Bear. Panda so and Little cute. Bear? Yeah. So the French bulldog in America is so popular. Like I don't remember seeing bulldogs in Australia as much, but here yeah. everyone's got them. They love them. Well, I mean, they're cute as fuck. They're so, so, cute. They so cute. I get why everyone wants them. Very jealous. I hope I meet your dog today. She's a baby. Yeah. Uh, all right, next question. Whisk, even though you're not drinking, whiskey or vodka? Vodka. Oh. Yeah, again. Man, SJ, we're going to be good friends. I'm a tequila girl, but... Oh, but you'd prefer vodka over whiskey for that. Well, I mean, holy crap. When I was playing in South Africa, my band, I was sponsored by Jack Daniels. So <gasps> it was like every night was like a bottle of whiskey and an eight ball. So it's like, oh, you're like you're it's like, like no. now I can't, now I can't even look at freaking whiskey anymore. I'm just like, get away from me. Oh, <laughs> I get it. Believe me. I can't. <laughs> so right there with you. All right. Next question then. Beach or snow? Beach. Yeah, yep. I figured so you that are living in Joshua Tree. It's hot. Well, I grew up in Jeffrey's Bay, you know, so it yeah. was. I had the best waves in the entire world of surfing. Oh, you're a surfer. I am indeed. Before I got into music, I actually surfed for Roxy in South Africa for mm. in high school for a little bit, and then no uh, way, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Fairly well-rounded human. <laughs> You don't want to live near the beach, or are you close? Well, I do, but it's just crazy expensive. You know, you got to. The reason why we moved out here is because it's what we could afford to buy. You know, at some point you have to get into something and stop paying somebody else's mortgage the whole time. In LA, you can get into a shithole for like half a million dollars. It's crazy. Yeah, it's so true. So true. Insane. All right, next question headline or opener? I guess as an artist. For you. Mm, opener. Oh, yeah. Yes. We like that. Yeah. We like that answer. Yeah. Totally. A wise person picks opener. Yes. <laughs> totally. Like imagine opening for Deftones. Like, exactly. I mean, or opening for Alanis Morissette. Yeah. Because yeah. you know? you're always going to be not as big as. So you, if you're opening, you're not as big as the big act and you get to open from that is amazing. Right. So and you, always, you always know that everybody leaves after the big band. So you want to be just before them. Right. Yes. Love that thought. Okay. Next question. And our last question. Last question, actually. What did you have and what would you have, I guess, on your rider like you just discussed? Good question. Well, you had Jack. We know that. Well, you were sponsored by Jack, I guess. I mean, back in the day, I think my rider used to be two bottles of whiskey, uh, 24 beers, fresh fruit, cheese platter, 24 bottles of water. I think that was about it. I can't remember. I'm not a sweets person, so I would never do something like M&M's or... Yeah, like some people want some junk food on there for sure. But like when you're having that every night, if you're on tour, you're like, keep the junk food away. Otherwise... Maybe some sushi these days, you know? Ooh, oh my God. Can you imagine if you had like sushi catered every time? Fresh sushi. That's what's up. I love sushi. Me and Bowie love sushi Yeah, we love sushi. It's ridiculous. Well, Jess is half Filipino, which doesn't explain sushi that much. (laughs) Okay, I'm happy. Region. Region. So, <laughs> I love sushi. Yeah. Everyone's like, Philippine, got nothing to do with sushi. They're like, the Australian doesn't understand. No. <laughs> <laughs> Bowie and I joke about this because she always jokes about how I, it's a joke. It's not actually true that I'm like a diva about my writer because one of the artists that we uh, interviewed is someone that I play with. And she was like, Jess puts all these things on the writer. It's like, she just had nothing on her writer. And so now we joke about me adding things all the time because people have all these good ideas. So yeah, now I'm going to so be like, gonna add sushi. I'm going to add sushi. 
just yep. fresh sushi to them. An interesting fact, you may or might not know this, but oftentimes the reason the rider has specific things on it is so that the manager can, if that thing is not on the rider, they know that there's other problems like with the stage, there's safety yeah. issues. Who did we had? We had a guest that said um, that. They Ana- said, Anaya Day, we just had Anaya. Anaya said they would put something in the middle of the list and if it wasn't there, they were worried. They actually used M&Ms, I think. Or no, Starburst is what it was. Starburst. She put Starburst in the middle of her rider because for her manager, her manager did this to say, if there's Starburst in the room, in the room we know that every Everything's going to be running smoothly and great. He goes, if there's not, then we're going to have to check for other issues. Totally. Totally. It's also a safety thing. You know, your artist is safe on stage, not going to get electrocuted or right. you know, that people haven't overlooked stuff. That's important. There you have it. Anyone who's listening who needs to update their rider to make sure that <laughs> you are taken care of. Just put random shit in the middle, all right? And make sure it's there. <laughs> um, but anyways, SJ, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. We want to just make sure our listeners can find you and follow all the great projects, especially your, your new project that's about to come out. So um, do you want to give us like your Instagram handle? handle, maybe Twitter, Facebook, whatever it is that you feel like you're the most active on so people can follow you and keep up with what you're doing. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. The pleasure and privilege is truly all mine. So thank you guys. You can find me on Instagram. It's sjjones1, E-S-J-A-Y-J-O-N-E-S-1. And then you can just find SJ Jones Productions on Facebook. And then you'll you'll pretty much, you'll see the, the Pigs Project and and everything from there. I have not been shy about sharing. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Oh man, I cannot wait to hear the the Pigs Project and everything else that you're up to. I'll probably be annoying you for some early access to those tracks. Do it. Do it. The moment moment I'm comfortable to share, I'm starting mixing some of the stuff next week. So um, So I'll I'll know until next week. Get you guys some sneak peeks. Yeah. Yeah. And then go check out the cover of Duality that uh, that we did if you're on Spotify or iTunes or Apple Music just put in pigs p-i-g-s space duality d-u-a-l-i-t-y it's very different to the rest of the project I literally threw this song together in a day I just sometimes I get a bee in my bonnet and I just didn't put it out it's not very professionally polished or anything but I, I was just like I'm tired of waiting for these songs I'm gonna put something out so go check it out and let me know your thoughts I'm excited oh. to keep chatting to all of you on Instagram and Facebook yes. yeah oh perfect seriously you are amazing it's so great you were our first female producer on our podcast oh yeah we know that they're few and far between but we're so happy to have had you because you're a badass oh thanks man thanks for doing this and we are going to be keeping in touch and definitely following everything that you do as well as our listeners will be following everything that you do as well so thanks for being here yeah we'll talk to you soon thank you so much thank you so much guys Thank you.